Welcome to Inside Today's Country, the show that gets the real stories from today's country stars, stories you haven't heard anywhere else. Your host is Tim Black. Tim has been on the radio interviewing the biggest stars in the business and discovering new talent for more than 20 years, and now in his very own podcast. Are you ready? Let's go Inside Today's Country. On this edition of Inside Today's Country, we catch up with Jamie Warren, who's been having hits on the radio since the 1980s. He's got a brand new single, album, and video out. We'll talk about his love-hate relationship with the new Tim Hortons coffee lid and how he met the nitty-gritty dirt band for the first time. I did Rocky Top. We did that tune, right? That was our finale. And the road manager came up to me afterwards. They kind of talked to me and I said, yeah, yeah, sure. He said, um, that last song you did, uh, Rocky Top, uh, that's been the dirt band's uh, encore song for 25 years. All that and more as we go inside today's country with Jamie Warren next. With an old man standing on the corner, he was holding a sign. It said, only a dollar and underneath, it just said life. Him in this old world's hard to figure out, he said. Live a little more life, son, and you'll know without a doubt that the secret to life ain't no secret. Yeah, that's right. It's just a mindless understanding about how the world revolves around you. Here's the truth. You don't. That's the secret mm, That's the secret To life Well, it's always a pleasure to uh, chat with a guy who I have not talked to for uh, We were just trying to figure this out now uh, It was probably late 2005, early 2006 When I moved from Ontario to uh, to where we presently are in Manitoba and it is a good buddy of mine, Jamie Warren, is on the phone. Hey. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Tim. Good yeah. to be, oh, it's nice to hear from you. It's, yeah. it's nice to talk to you again. Yeah. Um, and what, now, it was Owen Sound, right? Yeah, Country 93 uh, in Owen Sound. And then we uh, we packed up and, and you know, <laughs> jumped, the, uh, jumped the border to Manitoba. <laughs> right. Well, that's, yeah. you know what, hey. And, and it's like that, uh, it's sort of. Well, here's here we're starting the interview, so to speak, is that because uh, Owen Sound is yeah. relatively close to my hometown of Hanover. That's right. And and that's uh, at one point in time, I'm going to show my age. We didn't have a department store in Hanover. So what if you wanted to do big shopping, mm. you either went to two places. One was Owen Sound, which was the big city for us. Right. Or Kitchener, Ontario. And Owen Sound was only about 40 minutes away. So that's yeah. often where we would make you know, our sojourn to get, you know, proper stuff that the big city folks had. <laughs> you had to go to, you, the, know, and, you got to go to the mall. <laughs> well, okay. And the part that, that I hope somebody's laughing right now is that Hanover had a population like a big city, 4,500. Yeah. And I think Owen oh. Sound was upwards of like 30, 35,000 in the old days. And that was honest to God, that was a, wow. that was a big deal. And, and you had a junior, uh, B hockey team man at that time. Oh, they, sound great. oh they didn't have the uh, the attack weren't there yet then. They, they, yeah, they weren't A quite yet, but they, okay. they became A. Okay. Pretty, Jeez. Yeah. There you go. See, you got a little history lesson on this thing already. There you go. 
So what's uh, what's been new and exciting with you over the last while? I, I mean, before we get into, obviously there's new music uh, which is out, and we're very excited about that. But what's uh, what's Jamie Warren been up to these uh, these last few years? Well, you know, it's it's. I would probably start with that, Tim, because we had a brand new record that we released in 2018, uh, and then um, we've got a new record coming out uh, the spring of this year, mm-hmm. 2020. Okay. And, and I always had, honestly, I've been in the studio for the last uh, three years solid, um, and, and then I've been writing songs for the last three years solid and a couple years before that. So just a lot of writing, and not just for myself, that, that's something sort of interesting to me too is that over the next few months there's a bunch of new singles coming out with other artists that i'm a part of just being a writer um not not, not being the artist of those so you know it's been a creative five years and and it's i've really enjoyed it i mean that's ultimately i think i'm not a bad singer Mm -hmm. um and i can i can make people laugh but i i i think that my writing is is sort of will be something that I never let go of. I, I, I enjoy that. And so I just, it was time to say something, you know, and not just with other artists, but it was time to say something with my voice. Okay. And, uh, and that's why we've, I had two albums in my head, believe it or not. And the first one's out and the second one's coming out uh, in a couple months. How has the world changed since you first started doing this? <laughs> well, the reason I had to chuckle is uh, it's, you know, I, my first single was in 1983. Um, and it was a, a top 10 hit in a radio format called MOR, Middle of the Road, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, and then my first country hit was a song uh, called Take Me Home, Mississippi, which was 1985. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how have things changed? Well, for the industry, the be- way so to be the better. Like, and, and what I'd say, when I had hits in the 80s, mm-hmm. and, and a bunch of my pals were, and still are, uh, you know, Prairie Oyster, Michelle Wright, uh, Marie Bottrell, um, you know, we all had songs on the radio, but how we made a living was playing clubs. Right. We'd play six nights a week in bars. Uh, uh, I'm just trying to think of uh, Brandon, North 40. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. that's, where, that's where we, yeah, I mean, we, we used to tour across the country. Yeah. Out west, I'd spend two two runs out west uh, a year and one out east uh, in, in about half the year, six months in Ontario. And, and so that's what Michelle did. That's what we all did. Thomas Wade did. Um, and so you could make a living, mm-hmm. but it was hard work, but mm-hmm. there, there weren't festivals. There weren't uh, one, one off, so to speak. So then, then country kind of got traditional and it changed a little bit. So I kind of took a mild hiatus. I was still playing mm-hmm. just my kind of music wasn't accepted on the radio. Then about 93, 94, that's when country got, contemporary again and and apparently i was country again so when i had started getting hits in the 90s the difference this time tim was that there were festivals right um there were opportunities to play mm-hmm. uh one night shows yeah. and so again that just ups the ante and now what's happened over the the subsequent 10 or 20 years is that uh, a, a you know a, a truly canadian and what i mean by that is somebody who is not necessarily performing in the states uh, you can have a domestic successful country act and we have many of them mm-hmm. uh, and I'm very proud of them and they've done really well that are, are now not just playing festivals but are playing arenas are doing sold out shows are now touring with other Canadian artists and filling up 
arenas. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's you, that was a long answer, I know. But to me, the mathematics, the, the, uh, the money has gotten better. And it's never just about the money. But, but what I'm so happy for the current artists is they can, you know, they can make a living um, being on the radio and succeeding as an artist without the United States. Uh, or, or somewhere else in the world. But that said, too, obviously that's where they're aiming. Social media has helped that as well. Yep. You can, you can bring that into the into play. Yep. How is uh, you know we talked about this a little bit before we started uh, going this radio has changed a lot uh, from from back when you know you started doing this back in the eighties into the nineties and so forth like that the playlists have become a lot tighter and it's a lot harder to get your single on the air nowadays how is that affecting a guy like yourself and other artists? Well, I mean, I think that who it, who it affects the most are brand new artists we'll call them emerging artists. And, and iconic artists, uh, you know, th- those two are, are hurt uh, or hit probably uh, the most. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm not for a second complaining. That's not where I, I, I would ever go anyway. But w- what, what happens is that um, the shorter playlists, and, and we were talking about this off air, and, and I understand why. In the old days, you'd have a light rotation, a medium rotation, and a heavy rotation mm-hmm. uh, in, in commercial radio. These days... If you get played, you get played. So it's just a heavy rotation. So you don't get like as much feature opportunities or, as you were saying, one spin a, a day. Mm-hmm. Um, that At least you're still getting a spin, right? Yep. And so th- that's that doesn't exist anymore. And, and I'm not saying that's wrong or right. It's just, you know, the way the business has evolved. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, I, 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 I was, you know when you get into the top 10 artists that get played all the time, it's sort of a non-brainer. Uh, and, and I was that in the 90s, so I'm not going to complain. Like, there was a time where, mm-hmm. you know, there was two albums of mine and everything we released, they played. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and you know, that's cool. Uh, but in terms of finding opportunities for our emerging artists, our younger artists, or our, our newer artists, and or our iconic artists would be would be nice, and that's why podcasts like what you're doing uh, is 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 a great uh, opportunity, and I'm glad that exists. Well, you know your fans and, and are, it, your fans are still out there, and they want to hear stuff from you, and they want to know what you're well, doing. I mean, yeah, well, it's interesting. Along with the new stuff, what, what we tried on 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 uh, over these last three years is I, I released two full up videos from the first record. Neither one of them were singles to radio; yep. they were just songs that I thought would connect with people. One was a father's day tune. Um, do you think of me? I wrote from my dad. And then uh, the other one was open a window, uh, which sort of connected with sort of bell. Let's talk mental health. And, and both those songs got 80,000 views, um, on, on Facebook. Uh And so the songs connected with people, but I also knew that, uh, they wouldn't necessarily translate well at radio because they were a little laid back, a little story oriented and stuff like that. So, Now, why I'm going there is I think that there's other ways of connecting with an audience that isn't just mainstream radio, Um, and and social media is is playing a big part, is is allowing new, brand new artists that can't get played or iconic artists to Mm -hmm. to reconnect and or connect with with an audience. And and so we're doing the same thing on this this new record. Now, here's a nice segue, my next single, uh, The Secret to Life, which... I'll give you a scoop here. I have a feeling that's going to be the title of this next album. Um, it's 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 where <laughs> it's where I'm leaning right now. All right. And we're doing 
we're doing a real video for that one. It's the first time uh, a video that we've, or sorry, a song we've released to radio. We're going to do a, um, a full up video. Wow. And I'm back working with Terry, Terry Odette. Terry Odette did all my videos in the nineties and we've been pals for a long time. And it was just kind of like, Hey, you want to do some videos? And it's like, yeah, sure. Let's do them. Let's talk about the first single off the new album then. What is it? Well, the, 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 well, the first single uh, from the new record was a song called "Chill with You." Yep. Um, and 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 this uh, and that was sort of a, a fun, uh, interesting um, choice of a song. Okay. And why <laughs> was, so? Well, I, I'm singing very low. Okay. And 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 it's funny too uh, if I, you know, look at my career as a uh, in total, I, I was rarely very country, and and it wasn't like I. I was ridiculously progressive, but I, I was, I was, you know, pop goes the country kind of, mm-hmm. you know, trying to be my own artist. And, and I found in the writing I've done over the last four or five years, I've, I, I, I'm not saying I got traditional, that's not it, but I've probably got a little more country. And so we had fun with the tune. Um, and I had this really low melody and, and that's how that tune began and in it and the idea was let's write a party tune mm-hmm. that lyrically is talking about i don't want to party and i wanted that that's that was my little ironic twist that i and that's what the tune's about um it, it's supposed to be a fun um the chorus is that way but it's really a song saying i don't really want to go and party and drink with the crew i'd rather just stay home and hang out with you isn't that kind of what life is now though as we've gotten older <laughs> oh sure you had to bring age into it yeah. whatever uh, yeah well exactly i yeah. think that that's you know there's you know the dialogue uh when you've been around an industry for a long time um and in my case it's as an artist um i've often i, I teach songwriting or i teach industry arts occasionally and mm-hmm. and so some of the elements that i'll introduce or talk about is as a songwriter if you're writing songs when you're 25 for teenage girls, that's what you're supposed to do. And, and, and then when you're 35, you're still writing songs for teenage girls. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's country music. When you're 55 and you're writing songs for teenage girls, really? I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a little creepy. Now, and, see, I was going to, I was so going to go the same words. That's a little creepy. <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and often when I'm, talking or teaching people, I, I try to make them laugh. That's yeah. part of the deal. Right. But but the truth that, that creeps in behind that is just this, is that when you're 55, you're still indirectly writing for teenage girls because what it is is those teenage girls you wrote to when you were 25 are now 40, right. 45, right? Mm-hmm. And they still are relevant as well. Mm-hmm. And so the relevancy comes to who's your demographic, or, or who is it that you're talking to? Now, I firmly believe that you can write a song as a as a, an older guy, let's say, mm-hmm. that connects with all generations. Right. But I will also say, do not be afraid to connect with your generation. Uh, even though, watch, here's the kiss, is that even though it's a younger demographic listening to country music these days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I'm just, that's the relevancy um, is, is a matter of perspective. And I believe that you can always be relevant. Uh, sometimes you have to sort of pick as to who you're going to present the information to to be relevant to. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Who's the artist that uh, has really surprised you over the years? Um, in country music or just in general? Uh, um, well, both. 
Well, okay, I'll tell you that uh, in terms of surprising, um, the one, one, one of the artists that's current uh, that I quite like is Eric Church. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason um, the word surprise comes to mind, because Eric never releases the same song. And, and he, when he first came on, like uh, Springsteen, um, I love that tune. Yeah. Very contemporary tune. Yeah. But you get Love Me Like Jesus does into the, an R&B tune, uh, into uh, th- that vinyl tune is blows my mind, uh, and, and uh, having a record year. Um, like, I just, I love his writing. Now, he's got a very nasally traditional sounding voice but you never get the same song and Mm -hmm. and i love that Mm -hmm. that to me i i i wish there was more of that where uh i i don't like i'm a i'm i appreciate what luke bryan does Mm -hmm. um he's he's had some great songs he really has and he's a good person and all that sort of stuff but i i'm i'm i know what he's going to release right uh, you know, there's there's nothing very different about his song to song to song. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that again, if you're a Luke Bryan fan, don't don't send me any emails. Um, <laughs> I, I but I I just I hope you know that I like Luke Bryan. Yeah. But my my, my information I'm sharing is Eric Church doesn't do that to me, and mm-hmm. I wish there was, you know, I wish there was more of that. Because mm-hmm. here's I, I I will step. I, I've never been a traditionalist. Right. And and I, I I've always um, I, I appreciate traditional country music. Um, I'm familiar with it. I can play it. Uh, my dad uh, taught me that, and 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 I, I grew up around country music. But I've always tried to be a little different, or try to not sound like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And and the one thing, as some of my older uh, generation talked to me about the new country that's on the radio today. Mm-hmm. Between you and I, I like it. And the reason I like it is I just sort of set it up is I like contemporary country music. I, I really do. I, I think there's some really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that they're pushing the boundaries. I like the fact that it's poppy and rocky. Mm-hmm. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. The part that's the problem is it's all the same. And and so, now, uh, that's not me trashing country music. No, not at, all. That. no is, not at all. Is all I want them to do is I just said I love it. What I want them to do is give me a little left and right of it every once in a while to cleanse my palate. Give me, you know, just give my ears a little rest and then bring me back to what it is you're playing. That's all. Well, and I think we're starting to see a little bit of of what you're talking about is actually starting to happen now. I think the feel that I'm getting from Nashville is that we are getting back to more of the storytelling songs. Uh, And and again, I, I have to agree with you. I love contemporary country. Um... But and and I and I agree with you exactly what you're saying. It is it does sound the same or sounds similar, and there's not a lot of uh, separation uh, sound wise. And I think that's kind of where the swing is going back, for at least what we're hearing, anyways. What I think is great because that, as you say, will give you the A and B little sound of of what country is. It'll it'll make your brain work a little bit more. Right. Well, I, I think that you know if you and I were going to uh, have that dialogue to the next level. Do I think I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you? I don't think country music is changing yet, uh, but what it does, see, it, it it allows. If country music wasn't so the same, mm-hmm. it wouldn't set the table for Luke Combs. It wouldn't set the table for Midland. Yeah. It wouldn't set the table for the music I think that that uh, that you like mm-hmm. and that that I like as well. Yeah. Um, 
but you know where I'm going with that is I don't suspect it's going to go all Midland Luke Combs. No, no. I, I because our audience is still young and and Nashville it's it's mathematics. I mean th- that's another yeah. interesting thing. Now my background is is you know you know I, I went to school for broadcasting, huh? Uh, radio <laughs> and television, right? Yeah, and and so the thing is, that, and here's the part you can laugh your arse at me. Oh yeah, I I I love demographics. I I actually. I've, I've always loved radio, and mm-hmm. I find it fascinating. I find it interesting how they program their music and, and what their choices are and what their what audience they're trying to hit, where, where some artists might find that boring as crap. Um, now, all that said, what what is the evolution of country music? Like, what is the next uh, version of country music that's going to happen? And, but what's changed this time around is the younger audience. Mm-hmm. We've had teenagers, not just in Alberta and Saskatchewan, but in Hamilton, in in Kitchener, mm-hmm. in you know, in Owen Sound, that are listening to country music and have for a while. Yeah, and that's what the advertisers want, right? Well, and you know, you boring... think about you think about it. I mean, we were always taught uh, it's always twenty five fifty four, right? That's what you're always going right. for as a demographic. Yep. Now, my. Uh, programming hat for me, former radio guy. Uh, I agree with you because the 18-year-olds are the ones you want to snag now because yep. those 18-year-olds eventually will be your 2554s. Uh, and and more of them are listening to the radio. Why are they listening to the radio? It's free. Uh, right. And why are they listening to podcasting? It's free. Um, that That's what they're, they're listening to. Uh, you know, and yes, they are listening to uh, and we'll get into that in a second. Is the the you know the Spotify's and the Apple Music's and and so forth like that. But I think you still have to, and I think there's still a, a, there's still an old school of thought that you have to be the twenty five fifty fours. You really need to be uh, you know really grabbing those those younger ones and holding on to them because if you don't hold on to them, then they're not going to be there. Well, and here's okay, and here's here's even more information to that is that in in the nineties. Um, we had very similar numbers. Yep. This is country music. And, and it was the number one format at mm-hmm. that time as well. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing was, though, it wasn't the number one sell uh, on the sheet. And, and, and what that means is uh, in, a, in a larger city, mm-hmm. like a lot of companies have three or four radio stations. One's a pop station, one's a country station, one's a blah, blah. Even though country music was the most popular uh, form yep. uh, format, it still wasn't the first buy. No. And the reason was the demographic. We had the, uh, an older demographic. Not, you know, I mean, that was just who was it's, listening. We found the, the baby boomers. Yep. The baby boomers made a difference in country music in the 90s. Mm-hmm. This time around, we got the teenagers, as you're adding. Mm-hmm. And here's where the, you know, the, the, when I, I was talking about demographics and, and who you're selling to. Is, is advertisers, Molson's and Labatt's, uh, they, they want teenagers because here's the deal, like uh, teenagers, I'm going to get in trouble for this, uh, young people, you know. <laughs> eight, eight, our, we're just older because, now. That's okay. Those, yeah, well, here's the thing. Those people are still buying five cases of beer a week. Yeah. You know, we, we've, we've, we, we're back to one. And, yep. and the point of the story is it's, it's a more of a consumer-based mm-hmm. uh, demographic. And so uh, I do not suspect that country music is going to let them go that easy. So that's where my long-wind connection is. I don't suspect that, you know, country music is going to flip back to be a little more country-oriented just quite yet. Uh, But but again, there there is some really cool uh, new artists 
that are being uh, – traditional isn't the word. What am I looking for? They, they sound a little like 90s country, mm-hmm. which is another it's, it's ironic thing. I know. Well, that, some of that 90s country is is, uh, is coming back. Uh, and that's okay. Yeah, well, yeah, well, see, and there's, there's a connection, uh, an opportunity for a lot of us that had hits in the nineties. Um, there's there, the festivals are now starting to look at us again and, and that's really cool. Um, but, but the, the part that makes me kind of chuckle is they're referencing nineties. Like it was traditional country music. And it's like, I don't remember it that way at all. I thought, I thought we were trying to, to, to again, break that mold, you know, from Billy Ray to Shania to, to, Garth well, well, I mean, you look at uh, the festivals now. I mean, they're starting to book like the, you know, the um, classic Sunday nights or classic Sundays or things like that. Yep. Or, you know, the festivals that are, are, are celebrating their, you know, 30th and 40th anniversaries. And now they're bringing guys like yourself back. I mean, uh, you know, Nitty Gritty uh, played a few years mm-hmm. ago. And, and, I mean, everybody still knows that song. Everybody still knows the song from the 90s. And yeah. look at the success that, you know, that Garth Brooks is still having, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. know, uh, s- still things like that. So I do see some of that 90s country is coming back. And I, and I applaud people who are doing that because there was a great sound for it then. And I applaud people for, for doing what they are, you know, what they're doing now. Right. Well, I think that what what's going to happen, and it, well, pardon me, it's already happening, is what you said. Uh, there's more of us that are going to start playing over the next couple of years and yep. uh, having opportunities at festivals. Yep. And, and also, I think uh, we're already looking at putting together some package shows. Uh, they, they sent one out last year, which was Doc Walker, George Canyon, and Charlie Major. Right. Um, you know, package yep. three artists and send them on a tour across the country. And mm-hmm. I think you're going to see more of that over the next couple of years as well, mm-hmm. which again, I, I'm just, I'm so happy for uh, my pals to be still recording. Yeah. I, I, uh, you and I were talking out there, like Dwayne's got new product, Dwayne Steele. Yeah. Uh, Jake Matthews had a couple of tunes out. Sean Hogan's had a bunch of songs out. Charlie Major released a new single. Yeah. Um, Adam Gregory, yeah. uh, who, who did an interview with you. And, and so, you know, this is, I'm just so happy for my friends. Yes. I'm really happy that, we're still recording and we're still writing songs. Now, if you want a cute story, you, you mentioned Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Mm. Um, there was, uh, so I got to know uh, the band fairly well because I've done a couple festivals with them, but the real connection was Western Fair. And this was like 1985, Tim. And oh. so we had, we had, it was a Tuesday. So we played, uh, we had an afternoon show and an evening show with the Dirt Band. Got to open for them and we got to play five songs. Okay. Okay. So we did the first set and I figured, okay, I did three original tunes and then I did a couple of cover tunes because I wanted to involve the, the crowd yeah. and we had a sold out show. It was, it was a great crowd. Yeah. And so I did Rocky Top. Okay. So, which I, I figured, you know, they're kind of a bluegrassy band, you know, blah, 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 blah. We had harmonies in my band. I thought that might be a good song. So we did that tune, right? That was our finale. Boom finished the set and then the dirt band went on this is in the middle of the afternoon and the road manager came up to me afterwards said can i talk to you and i said yeah yeah sure he said um i have a question asked that last song you did uh, rocky top uh could do you do other songs too and i went oh yeah 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 sure why he said um that's been the dirt band's uh, encore song for 25 years and they didn't play it and they said and they didn't play it today because you played it in the set and i went Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I went, <laughs> so I went, so obviously we took it out 
of the evening show. Yeah, yeah. But that was my introduction to the Dirt Band. Oh, I, uh, wow. I played I played a song on them, and and so but we all we took Jimmy Fadden um, out that night, and we mm-hmm. all went golfing together the next day. So and Jimmy, the drummer, that's that's who. Yeah. yeah. Um, we spent some time together, so we ran into the Manitoulin Country Fest uh, two years ago. Okay, and so it was nice. Nice to, I bumped into Jimmy a couple times at different festivals over the years nice. since that time. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you and I have uh, spent uh, several times uh, when I was working in Ontario in uh, in a radio station and in a studio, uh, and you always brought coffee in, which was always great. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about this because prior to starting this, we were talking quickly <laughs> about your yeah. love of Tim Hortons, but Tim Hortons. you're now your dislike, and I'm never going to use the other word, but it is a dislike well, of the new lids. Come on, Jamie. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. What's I, going I on? They're crazy. They're crazy. Okay, well, here's the thing, and, and I've, I've, I've done this on Facebook. First Live. world I've problems. explained it. Well... <laughs> I know. See, now, what I've learned, but I'm going to go back to what okay. I'll answer your question. Okay. What I've learned also to save the planet, guess what I got for Christmas? I got, like, my own little cup that I now take to the Tim Hortons drive through so that I'm not, you know, killing the planet with their awful cups. But <laughs> I, I, I love their I love their coffee. Oh, okay. But then what they did to me is yeah. they, they put this latte cup that sits, like, eight inches above the cup itself. I'm exaggerating. But and it's like... You don't actually drink out of the cup. You drink out of this big honking. And then try popping that lid. It's crazy sometimes. And you spill it anyway, and it's just... Anyway, I have no idea. Now, I will say this. They have a yes. beautiful maple leaf imprinted on the lid. They do, That actually. part's cool. Yep. But outside of that, I, I really don't like the lids. <laughs> and so and then the, so the follow-up to that is then... So I've been doing these little... Uh, coffee talk I do with Jesse T. We do every Thursday at uh, at two thirty. Where do people find it? On face, Facebook Facebook Live. Okay. Uh, you'll find it on my fan page. And and we do it it's about a twenty minute show. Um, and we often have a guest on that we'll interview, but you know, just we just chat. And and so on that you will learn that I quite like Tim Hortons. Well this Justin Bieber guy shows up. <laughs> some I've been talking some about, new kid, eh? <laughs> oh whatever it's a new kid from Stratford for God's sake. Anyway, he <laughs> He shows up and makes this big stink about the, the lids, which I've been doing for eight months. And all of, all of a sudden, now it's a big deal. Yeah. So whatever. So I'm just sort of wondering if I should be doing a coffee talk from Starbucks now. Just saying. <laughs> just to sort of just see gotta, if they, just throw it out really there. cares. Yeah, just throw it out there. Um, <laughs> see what happens. Uh, let's talk about uh, Spotify, Apple Music. How has mm-hmm. that changed uh, for you? How has how that made life different? Well, I think that the streaming circumstances, um, from a mathematical standpoint... You and your math, I tell you. I know. Well, see, this is the thing, (laughs) is that what it is is that I don't suspect artists will be, um, you know, um, paid properly for that circumstance. Yet, in the same breath, I'm not saying they should be paid better. It's it's sort of, it's not about that. It is about the profile. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so we're in some ways we're kind of back to uh, the early '90s when the internet became part of the process, right? Um, or, or you know through mm-hmm. the '90s where people were getting free music, yeah, right, yeah. And and the record companies went, ah, the internet, internet, what's that going to be, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so that sort of dumbed down the process. Um, I'm not saying that's what this is. I'm I am saying though that it's another free profiling circumstance now 
uh, I do believe that it's 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 bringing attention to artists that weren't on mainstream radio mm-hmm. uh, or aren't. Pardon me. And and so it it is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's a social media platform that that introduces new artists or emerging artists or artists that just aren't being played on commercial radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an introduction to their music. And, and so I think ultimately it's a win, and it's made a difference. Absolutely. And and so has social media in general in terms of having uh, artists being able to connect directly to uh, an audience, directly to their fans. And and that, that's a big evolution, too, where labels, labels still um, have uh, a, a control to a certain extent of the industry, mm-hmm. and they always will have, but not like they used to. And And the point I'm making is that, you know, you can make a record without the industry. You can release it. Now, you will not be able to break through necessarily on commercial radio, but you can, mm-hmm. you know, somehow get 10 million streams, right? Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of these, you know, these these folks who are, you know, launching on YouTube or on mm-hmm. uh, on Instagram, or sorry, on well, Instagram, yeah. I guess, uh, on Spotify and Apple Music, but they're also the ones who are, who you know, if, if a festival person is smart, they're picking up some of these acts and bringing the festival because the the yes. the generation that is listening on the services already know who they are and they well, want to and, and they want to see them live as well yeah and some of the smarter radio uh, crew are doing the same thing mm-hmm. they're they're at least overseeing it they're double checking yep. and and they're finding an occasional new artist with a lot of streams kind of going well maybe we should re-listen to that right yeah um, or make a place for that artist yeah so uh, as I started by saying I think it, it's a it's an overall win it is. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think it uh, and it connects the dots directly. Now, uh, again, that's you know it doesn't necessarily mean you you get to quit your day job and live vicariously through Spotify streams. No. Nope. Um, it but again, if it does lift you to the stage where commercial radio looks at you or a festival does, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or if people download your tunes, and there's the connection. If you really want to help out an artist. Yep. Uh, buy buy their song. Yeah, totally. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. yeah, go go, and it doesn't matter wherever it is. Apple's Apple, whatever oranges, yeah. whatever your <laughs> your connection on the internet is. Yeah, uh, download it. Yep, uh, and and pay the, you know, make help them make fifty or sixty cents, mm-hmm. and and that's how you can help create an artist's career. Where can people find you on the world wide web and social media? Uh, you can find me it, it, just. Uh, do me on Facebook. That's pretty much the, the quickest and best way. Um, either on my profile or my fan page. Um, find me and, and say hi. And jamiewarren.com is, is my website. So uh, if you go there, pardon me, you'll find all the, the right uh, places to find me. And you'll be at a Timmy's somewhere. Oh, you can guarantee that at least <laughs> twice a day. Okay. J- Jamie Warren, always a pl- uh, pleasure chatting with you, my friend. And uh, we, we, uh, we, we don't want to leave this too long for, uh, for another conversation. Oh, I'll look forward to it. And and yes, of course, we're due for a Tim Hortons coffee. But you know, maybe uh, uh, oh, maybe uh, you never know. Uh, never know. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for chatting, my friend, and thanks for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for listening to Inside Today's Country with Tim Black. Don't forget to like and subscribe. This has been a TimBlackOnAir.com production.